Well, by the way, Doctor, is mystery your sole pleasure? Young man, what could be more pleasant than mystery? Well, music, for instance. Music, why, of course. Two one two, Mike Mike check Mike check. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me again uh, for the first ever second episode of Orion Radio. I'm your host Kia Orion. I'm gonna keep this relatively short. A lot of the feedback that you all gave me, which I appreciate you guys even checking it out. A lot of the feedback was uh, skip the skip the music reviews. You know, talk about yourself a little bit, but keep it short and then get into the interviews because I know y'all don't really care about me. I guess I won't take it personally. Y'all, uh, y'all want to hear about the the cool guests I have on. So, you know, and it is what it is. I see where your priorities are. But uh, needless to say, speaking of which, my uh, my guest this week is Bad Mood Randall, uh, otherwise known as Randall Greenleaf. Um, he's an artist out of Philadelphia. He uh, he just dropped his new single "Bruise," which he produced, he mixed, he wrote. He performed it. You know, he's doing the damn thing. So I want to put that at the top of the episode. We get into all of that later. But if you want to check him out, uh, you know, he's he, he's on a mission to, to I think, really push the boundaries sonically of uh, hip-hop and R&B. And that's sort of where they, you know, intersect. So check him out. A little bit about me, you know, because I can't totally leave myself out of this, um, you know, just for my ego's sake. I dropped a new single yesterday called Money Man on SoundCloud. Check that shit out. Um, And podcasts I'm going to be shooting for every Monday morning, hopefully, uh, until I can figure this out. That way it'll give me Sunday to, you know, edit them, do these little intros, put it all together, do the show notes, all that jazz. Um, So I'm shooting for once I can get my budget together and I'll be dropping music more often, I'm going to be shooting for music every weekend, probably Sundays, and then podcasts every Mondays. So stay tuned. Check out Money Man, um, mixed and mastered by my boy Benny on the boards. Um, it you know just kind of details what I'm what I've been going through recently, and I got some some cool experimental shit on the way. But enough about me. Um, my guest this week, like I told you, my boy Randall. Uh, he's He's lived uh, many different eras to his life, and what we get into are uh, what it's like being a touring drummer for a punk band in Europe. That's uh, you know kind of where he started um, his music journey. Which, if you've ever wondered what it's like to be in a punk band and tour and be in Europe, you'll get those stories. He touches on the importance of uh, pushing your boundaries creatively and how to find your voice in a market such as hip-hop and R&B that's so oversaturated right now with shitty SoundCloud rappers and singers and how he's sort of finding his own lane. And last but not least, um, he talks about uh, and something that we, you know, something that is really important to me too that we, we get into is kind of the, the movement in Philly. So if you aren't in Philly, you know, you might not even know how much dope shit is popping off here. Even if you are in Philly, you might not know, and that's the problem. And so he talks about kind of different ways that he's been pushing uh, to 
not only his own content, but hosting events and throwing shows and doing, you know, art galleries and stuff because there's there's a whole kind of underground art scene here that, um, you know, isn't Lil Uzi Vert or, you know, whatever. So um, that's my interview with uh, Randall. Google him. He's dope. I hope you enjoy the interview. Again, thank you. I know that there are a bajillion interviews out there and podcasts you could be listening to. It means the world that you're checking out mine. Um, and I'm always looking to improve and get better. So if there's anything that you uh, you know, you know, want to tell me about, leave feedback, uh, please do. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. So thank you again. Have a dope week. Looking forward to, to getting into this next week. All right. Yo, yup, yup, yup. Yeah, check. yeah, yeah. Check, check. Randall Greenleaf here. <laughs> it's the Greenleaf. Ready and willing. <laughs> Dope. All right, my man. I think we're ready to rock and roll. Okay. All right, so for those of you that have been sleeping, slacking, don't know what's going on in the motherfucking city, um, tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do. All right. Um, my name is Randall Greenleaf. I go by Bad Mood Randall. I um, write, produce music, um, predominantly uh, R&B, hip-hop, um, electronic, dance. <laughs> hey, man, the list goes on. I, 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 I love, love music, so it really just depends on... Um, whoever I'm working with, like what they want, what they need. Um, and also, and also just, um, you know, creative license, you know, like how far can we go with it? You know, boundaries for real. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, just, um, trying to be as creative as possible. Um, and yeah, I know it's hard to explain because it's like a little bit of everything. Yeah, Uh, but I mean, if I had to, if I had to narrow it down, um, producing music, writing, singing, and um, and just loving to create. Dude, I'm glad you ended up um, on the most recent stuff, uh, singing on it. You know, putting your vocals on it. Yeah, that was. I was like, that's that's. I was like, dude, you got you got the mixing down right. You're already producing like. Yep. And you know you got you know how to do the cool effects and shit. Um, <laughs> but before launching into the single, one thing and the one thing I want to talk to you about on here was where did the name come from? Bad mood random. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, how'd you cope with that? What's the meaning behind it? Is it a persona? Is it like your slim shady, or is that? Um, no, not not so much. The story. Well, I guess actually in a way. So, um, but I, I didn't view it as that at first. When I was younger, I dealt with like, uh, like not to get like super, super sad right now. Let's take it there, bro. uh, (laughs) But yeah, right off the bat, like I was a heavily depressed teenager slash young adult. What? Um, But I was at the same time like um, this like kind of like extroverted, um, loving human. I I was... um, so sociable but i i would go through these phases of of not talking to people uh for months at a time where i would just kind of disappear off the face of the earth 
Damn. And um, I was also doing this while touring with my uh, with my band. Oh, so this was past teenage years. This was like your. This was this was uh, something that I dealt with throughout my teenage years that transferred into my adult years. Oh, word. Um, that was just um, psychologically just like um, like weighing on me for yeah. for so so long. Um, so sometimes I would be on tour for three to four weeks with my band and I, we wouldn't talk, I wouldn't say a word and I would play shows. How uh, does that work? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, can you, I was pretty good. Can you, I just mean, he's like, can you get away with not talking if you're on, in a fucking van touring with homies? Like, let me, let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something. I I have to give all the credit into to the in the world to those people. Um, that is um, that is a true friendship. Yeah, being able being able to deal with that type of um, um, kind of crazy uh, personality personality, whether it's this like extremely fun loving human or this like unadulterated angry. Yeah. Um, uh, shitty like, like person. Right. Uh, it, it's um, it takes a lot of patience, and um, it um, yeah, it takes a lot of hope that this person will find um, find some goodness and and hopefully some balance. Right. Um, but you know, to get back to this to the story. Um, Bad mood, Randall was kind of a code word, <laughs> kind of like a, a code name for my friends. So like that they would know that this thing was happening. So you tell them, the you trigger them, you'd be like, "This is bad mood, Randall," and they'd be like, oh. "No, it was unbeknownst to me oh. for a very, very long time." So Shit. I mean, I, these are my friends for years. I grew up with these people. Like yeah. we, um, most most of them, not all of them, but most of them, I uh, met. Through my early years of high school, when I moved to Plymouth, Massachusetts, from Kingston, which was a neighboring town but a different school district, so for me at the time, it, it, was seemed, a big deal. it could be it could be a mile, you know a, a million miles away, even if it's in a different because you still got new friends, you got to fit in again. So it's like for adults moving like a town is like it's a town, but when you're in that stage in your life, it's like that could be fucking California. You know what I mean? Just because it's like you're in there, new peeps, the whole nine. It was like moving to California. Yeah. It was totally like that. And you're from Mass? I am. Massachusetts? Yeah. Okay, and so was there, and maybe this is too much for the intro and don't feel like you got to answer it, but um, was there an event or something that sparked Bad Moon Randall or was it sort of this gradual thing where you were just... I was always a shithead. I was always a total fucking shithead. I mean, growing up, like... No, I mean, I I wasn't like... I I had always um, had... um, I'd always had like issues with my anger when I was oh, younger. Damn. There was, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not here to like blame anything, but, yeah. uh, th- you know, there was definitely some like trauma from like, um, having, uh, an extremely sick mother growing wow. up at a really young age who was still around. So beautiful. Sharon, uh, Shout an, out Sharon. She, she's an incredible human. Um, but you know, we went through hard times, yeah. um, and we were living, um, section eight housing for a while. And then when we moved to Plymouth, we took over my uncle's old house. Um, but we were pretty impoverished. We were living off, um, money that my mom was getting, um, 
through whether it was WIC or yeah. through her uh, through funding from her healthcare because she was she couldn't do anything. It's so like penny still, you know. Oh it's man, like, yeah. I mean, stretch. oh god, I could go into the details, yeah. but it's too much. So, um, so there were there were some some things going on behind the scenes, and then it kind of yeah. But I wasn't helping. Yeah, I was, you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. like. I, I could have been a better kid about it. And, and let me, I was, I was a middle child, so I was dealing with an older brother who was actually, he's an incredible human. Uh, so, filling those shoes. Yeah, I didn't he, he had an older bro. Yeah, <laughs> he's good people. He's really good people. Russell, um, who, um, there was a lot of tough love in the house, you know what I mean? But he, you know, no, looking back on it, yeah. um, from whether it was my, uh, my uncle, my, or my uncles, I should say, um, my my mom, who was still there, who still raised me no matter what. Yeah. Um. Uh, my grandparents, who oh man, man, all in that area of Kingston. All in the area of Plymouth. Oh, Plymouth. In Kingston, yeah. Oh, wow. But uh, we were all living in kind of that same same area until my grandparents, um, they um, retired to Georgia. Wow. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. the move. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a, it was a good childhood and I learned a lot, but I was a dickhead through it. I had a lot of, you know, psychological issues as a, as a child and growing up and they kind of manifested into this like, um, like per, persona and personality, yeah. um, that definitely wasn't my favorite or my friend's favorite or my family's, but there was this like, you know, I want to get back to the story. There was this yeah. code name for it. It was bad mood Randall. And you know, if you were... If you were like looking for me, or if if you want to know why I wasn't talking, yeah. I was BMR. You know? <laughs> BMR. Yeah, I was BMR. Um, shout out to to uh, Dave Hader, <laughs> who um, I don't know. I don't even know where he is these days. Was he part of the band? I was in a band with him for a minute, but it, this was this was before we were even in a band together. But he was. We were all in the like hardcore scene. We were um, all going to shows together. Um, so take take me there. So so how that sort of manifests because uh, you know I don't know much about Plymouth, Mass, or anything like that. Right. Was that a place where hardcore was kind of popping? Was that the scene you started in? Was sort of a hardcore scene? Ooh, man, that's that could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but I think a lot of um, a, a lot of what brought me into hardcore and what brought hardcore to Massachusetts. Um, was <clears throat> uh, Boston, uh, Massachusetts, or even just Massachusetts in general, um, created a ton of really great, popular, uh, incredibly talented uh, hardcore bands. Um, I'm so out of that scene, I'm like not even aware that that's... It's that huge. It's a huge uh, culture, uh, subculture uh, from punk and metal. Uh, that was kind of uh, developed. I think mostly, I would say from from punk rock, and then mm-hmm. and then it kind of like delved into metal because they were like kind of Those just like connected, uh, like passion almost and energy that you would get going to those shows. It was yeah. definitely like a physical um, manifestation of that anger that yeah. would, that had I provided for myself that now I was I, I was being able to let go of. So as a kid, being able to uh, find that um, that outlet, yeah. you know, that way to kind of um, be okay with being Bad Mood Randall was yeah. uh, was something that was like so in- insanely powerful. And looking back and in-, in retrospect, it was probably something that definitely 
you know, saved my life instead of, instead of hurt it. You know, what's crazy about that is I'm, I, I never, you know, grew up on the hardcore scene, but I have a really, one of my best buddies, um, was telling me about going to shows with his older brother and them doing, you know, the getting crazy in the mosh pits and stuff. And so he showed me footage of it. I think it's like throwing down or something like that when you <laughs> form a circle and guys like just go kind of, it like creates oh, the, a safe the, space. This like this? Yeah, or, or just like thrashing around in sort of a, in hardcore shows, like you're sort of given the permission to just manifest that work the walls <laughs> like it's great it's crazy, it's crazy to, like guys get knocked out you know what i mean or just like because it, it's so lit but in a way where i think it really speaks to that that energy of young you know young women too but young men especially that have this sort of pent-up aggression that but don't know how to channel it yo yo let's let's definitely not forget um the women in the scene, like who also have yeah, that aggression, word, who also word. come from broken homes and like, uh, I've never been to a show, so I can't imagine. Is, yeah. is it a good mix of kind of both women and men? Is it, it can be. Word. I mean, I think, I think, um, I think physically, if you look at, if you go to a show and look around, yeah, there, there will probably be more men than women, but I don't want to, I don't want to say that, um, uh, that they don't have um, uh, a lot of I don't know how to put this, but like they definitely um, they definitely shine. Sure. They're definitely a huge integral part um, in the growing of the scene and in what it's become today. You know, yeah. you'll see. And and honestly, I I don't go to a lot of hardcore shows these days. But if if I went, I'd probably see more more women now than ever before and i think that's great yeah um, and i think um and I, I don't think i don't i don't think we had any part of that i think they wanted it and they <laughs> yeah, and they yeah. took it yeah and they're here and good for them so <laughs> yeah, good. fuck yeah, yeah fuck and, and you see and you see more um you see more uh women like getting in the mosh pit and doing their thing too which wow. also i think I'm totally all about it. Yeah. You know, just look out for each other. Well, let me ask you this. Did, as a person of color, did you find that there were many other minorities kind of uh, in the, sh- the shows or scenes? I feel like it's not. Uh, I know that's a stereotype, though, of it tending is. to be mostly, you know, young, angry white men or something like that. But what was your experience with it? You have every right to say that. And, it, you know, it was, I think for me at first, I mean, growing up in a, predominantly white community. Yeah. It wasn't something I really um, recognized as um, as like uh, something that was holding me back. And I I wouldn't say that now. But, you know, in looking back, uh, I was definitely a minority there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was never treated as one. Wow. There were there were moments where I would feel and and you know, it was <laughs> It was just really a defense mechanism, something that I've talked about numerous times, but you know, you allow people to kind of joke about the fact that you're there almost. Yeah. And you 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 um you even do it to yourself, you know what I mean? You become like a running joke. In, for, in what way? Just, in what regard? Yeah. In in the you know, in just the regard that like I am a minority and oh, wow. you know, like and being able to point that out um, was 
something that made others around me, especially like young white adults, yeah. uh, more comfortable. Huh. I think I, I don't I don't think it like had to happen, right. but I think it helped. Um, <laughs> which is like crazy and uh it, it's it's stupid but it's it's something that you know it, it's it's hard to it's hard to understand if you're not in those situations right. if you're if you're not black and, and, I, and know about the hardcore yeah. scene like it it could feel <laughs> weird but honestly like one of the but what was empowering is seeing like a lot of bands that were either like in the metal or hardcore scene that were coming up that were either uh, all or predominantly black, because that's that's something. And again, in you know, with my stereotypes too, as a guy who's outside of the scene, didn't grow up with it. Um, I don't. I, I, and you know, hardcore bands. It's not like I can name a ton off the top, but I imagine like white guys like shredding on guitars with like long hair, which could be so far removed from what it really is yeah. where it's like no no it's not you know, but not. but you know what i mean where like yeah. as someone who's just as an outsider it's interesting to hear you say that <clears throat> of like that there were some bands of like all black guys or all black you know men and women that were still you know that it doesn't have to just be like the emo alternative rock vibe that i mm. have it pictured as no it's so know? much more um there was there's all shapes and sizes and yeah. colors in the hardcore scene. And, and it's really beautiful because you're all there pretty much for the same reason. It was very rare that I ever felt um, like an outsider. And if it was, it wasn't because I was black. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, was, it was so much more than that. It was so much more of what um, embodied the culture and um, the kind of the, the rules yeah you know it was um it was more of like um you know like you have to you have to pave your own way and you have to and you have to um uh kind of prove yourself yeah it, like oh you you want to be in the scene well let's see let's see you show up you know what i mean yeah, let's yeah. let's see you come to shows you got a band well you know, like you better promote Show that shit. Improve. Come up yeah. to shows too. Like, are you are you gonna travel the three hours to like fucking uh, wherever? Are you gonna are you gonna uh, cross cross the border into like Connecticut yeah, or yeah. New Hampshire or you know you three hours north northwest to um, to wherever Shitsville in, in Lowell, <laughs> yeah, Lowell or Worcester, Massachusetts? Right. Like you gonna you gonna do that? Oh, there's a huge festival. Are you you gonna travel? You know the six hours to Philadelphia? Yeah, pay the money to buy the tickets and support these bands. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's more it, just buying a t-shirt. It's showing something. up. Yeah. It's, it's really about showing up. It's it's supporting uh, the thing that you are claiming you are passionate about, and it's something that I have taken with me uh, in into this new realm of of music that I'm creating. And so, let me ask you that as a good transition. When does it go from sort of the hardcore more into this? R&B, hip-hop, influence, experimental yeah. vibe that you kind of... Because it sounds like you... Was there that hip-hop that you had growing up? Or was that mm -hmm. was that later on? Like, how does that sort of tie into the hardcore stuff? <clears throat> um, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. Okay, so, so how, does it, how, does it, how does it show up on the radar then? Hey, at point? hey. Right back, right back to where we started, man. <laughs> back to the teenage years. Mm, really? Um, yeah, I grew up on hip hop, R&B. It was 
It was just like what was playing in the back. It was what was playing in my was ears. That, was that mom playing that, or was it just homies? Ooh. Your big bro put you on. Yeah. Or shout out, big oh, bro. Oh, Rus- Russell. Ooh. Uh, I probably scratched so many good CDs back in the day, young and stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Throwing them around in the cases and whatever. Yeah, yeah. like every, I mean, all all the obvious ones. You know, yeah. whether it was like at the time, like DMX is a big hit for me. I love DMX. Which which one? Um, the, ooh, uh, it's dark and hell's hot. Uh, uh, was like is that when he's in the the tub. No, no, wait. I don't know if he's in a tub in that one. He's just like he's. I, I, there I forget just, what he. I, I forget what it looks like. I don't. Honestly. I didn't grow up on DMX. I can't even front. You know, white boy upstate New York shit. It was like it took a while for hip hop to get up there. But yeah. the, the iconic DMX covers I know is the one with the dogs, where he has the dogs. And he's yeah and yeah. That, and then there's another one that I know he's in the tub or in the tub where he's in where he's in like covered in blood. And that, those, those that's flesh in my flesh. Yes, blood flesh, my blood. yes, yes. That's all oh, my niggas get down <laughs> like what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, that's dope. You go, yo, so you were into the angry shit, man. That's like straight up. Yeah, DMX, you're you're ready to rock. You put that, that was, in the gym, you're good to go. That was that was only one man. You know what I mean? Like, um, but it was it was a lot of different things. Like, you know, it was Nas, it was Biggie, it was my brother was huge into Tupac. So, so is it from? Is it your big bro? Is he saying, "Yo, Randall, check these guys he out"? He wasn't is saying it, shit. He, he wasn't. So you just he find was, him in his room? How are you? We shared a room when we were younger, and uh, he had he had a friend, Joe. Texera. He still has a friend, Joe Texera. Yo, shout out to Joe and Russell, man. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Joe Friends Russell. to the end. They have literally been friends for as long as I can remember. That's rare. That is so rare. That's so rare. The older I get, the more that blows my mind. Because it's hard to keep in touch with people as you grow up, go your separate ways. You know what I mean? Like, Yo, I, let, me, let me tell you something, man. Like, through everything, they have stayed friends. Uh, I mean, Joe has... Uh, has a company he's got kids he's got this like russell works all the time he's gone to school he's moved yeah he's done this that this. they've all done their separate things they've always stayed in touch they were just at a celtics game the other night you know what i mean like that's, that's and i see that and um i it really it's it's moving yeah in, in so many different ways but um yeah he was a huge part of why I was listening to what I was listening to, and so was my mom. You yeah. know, like Janet was playing all okay. the time, um, waiting to exhale soundtrack. <laughs> oh man, uh, I I definitely love that album still to this day. I mean, and and so much more. Um, when you when you were growing up and in that era, do you remember what was on the radio? Like, do you remember what? Yeah, was man. I mean, I remember, I remember waking up every morning to like more money, more problems because it was just always really? playing on ninety four five. That that's crazy, man. That was that was like later on too. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm I mean I'm old. <laughs> I was I grew up in '86, so uh, or I was born in '86, so I've definitely I've definitely heard my fair share of um, of music throughout the times. And w- why did you? As it was happening, yeah, which is pretty crazy too. Um, why did you decide to make the switch into that sort of hip hop R and B realm? Because out of it, out of hardcore, yeah. Because I know you too. You it's what I right? knew best. It's what I. It's what I've been listening to since I was out the womb. So I mean, it's something I like. I've always just loved to hear. And I, also, like my mom was a singer. You know, she oh, was. Wow. Uh, I remember. She was trying to go back to college for a while, and she went to Bridgewater State College, and she was doing opera. 
And I got to like sit oh, in. She would damn. take me. She would take me to school because I, we were young. You know what I mean. Opera singers mean business. Yeah, yeah. she had an incredible voice. Um, she still does. I'm sure of it. But um, man, being able to like see that, see her perform, see her on that stage, it was it's something I'll never forget. Yeah. And it was uh, it was it was life changing. You know, to like. Um, also to be in that situation with her from time to time and uh, just hear her practice and the way she can move her voice. So she's and singing around the house and stuff. Singing like around the house. We, we were known, we were called the, the singing Hyundais growing up. Uh, my uncle deemed us that, Uncle Kenny. Um, and we would literally, we would take parts in the car. We would take parts. That's Black tight, Street, dude. Black Street, Before I Let You Go. Don't even get me started. That was like <laughs> that was me and my brother's song, man. Like we would we would take all the different parts. Teddy, um, <laughs> uh, Bell Biv DeVoe, you know what I mean? Like um, Michael Jackson, Thriller. Like those tapes were playing in a red right. Hyundai. Like, dude, so you got good influences, man. Or you, the Grand it's, Am. It's in, it's in your blood, man. Yeah, I mean, I I I I wouldn't even know where to begin without it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I think of my childhood, like. That's those are the like best most positive moments was being around music with my family. And what got you into the production side of it rather than because a lot of homies you know that grow up singing all that just couldn't tell you two you know two shits about you know a DAW or able you know what I mean they're like I like to sing I want to get you know that's all the young people I want to get me in the studio ah ah it takes a different kind of mindset to say I want to be the dude behind the boards you know what I mean fucking with the levels playing with the instruments you know what i mean so like that's a different ins- inspiration in itself is wanting to be behind the scenes making the music the thing that inspired me to do that was i was um i i was pretty fresh in philly um oh. at the time when i started doing all this stuff maybe like two years not that fresh but um i had i picked up a guitar from a friend i i borrowed it um and I started writing my own music because I was just like bored. You know what I mean? Like I didn't. When I moved here, I didn't have like a ton of friends. You yeah. know, like I wasn't like I, I wasn't like killing it right away. Right, so right. I was like kind of just doing my own thing. And I and I had always um, I've always like written poetry or loved to write or read. Word. It was like something that you know I would always try to do in my spare time. Uh, so it was. Um, taking those lyrics and, and trying to make them into songs. Uh, but I, but what started wanting to be a songwriter is I um, love being in control <laughs> of what's happening. Uh, even, even throughout like the times when I was in the band, like, you know, I was the drummer, but I had, I had a lot to say about everything else, you know, whether they liked it or not. Yeah. Cause usually the drummer's not that guy. You know, usually the drummer's the guy that's like, he's ready to like get chicks, he's got his shirt off. No. He's going crazy, like, y'all tell me to play and I'm ready to jam. You don't want to see me with my shirt off. <laughs> Chloe, I'm you not making moves on your man. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? We good, we got No, no, no. <laughs> it's not even like that. It's not even like that. It was, no, 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 no. It was, it was just, um, it was mostly just um, um, being, uh, when I moved to Philly, I, I, I started performing again with another band. It was a hardcore band, um, and we were touring a lot. And in between those tours, I would want to write for myself. I yeah. wanted to do something for myself. It felt like the necessary thing to do. It, it, um, 
um, it was it was an easy move. Yeah, it was an easy step in the right direction. It was it wasn't even something I had to think about. <laughs> You're like I'm just doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just like you know what? I got to do this. Yeah. And what brought you to Philly in the first place? I I joined a band. I got asked to play drums in a band. So um, where were you? Were you in Mass still? Somewhere? Yeah. You're yeah. in Mass. Some guys say yo. BMR, sort of. You're, you're nice on the drums. Sort Come of. to it. Walk me through the story. Um, actually, an earlier band that I had been in, um, we had disbanded. Other people had done other things. Bands, it's hard, man. No, it was yeah. cool. It was cool. Oh, okay, cool. Um, it's a lot of times that they, it's a lot of different minds together. It's hard to make that work. Every, I don't think I've ever been in a band where we've disbanded and it's been bad. Word. Maybe there's been like members who've left where it's been like a little bit rough, yeah, or, uh, tumultuous. But never, never um, have I not been friends. That's with, dope. with the people in the band. Okay, so it just kind of you guys went your separate ways, and you were just looking for a new family. Band. Oh, family. cool. Family, yeah, and you know people do go their separate ways. They got they got to make their own lives. Yeah, right? you know we can't always be playing in these hardcore bands. Like it's hard trekking man. around. <laughs> yeah, especially if you get a girl. Me. Yeah, yeah. yeah then it's bad news. Beating our bodies up, man. Yeah. Like, uh, but the but man, it's it's um, they are moments to remember always. Yeah, they are. It's it's an incredible journey, and like I said, you do you do build a family. And so that that new band reached out to you that you'd already kind of had connections with, and they said we're going to Philly. Uh, so um, what happened was is the band that I had previously been in disbanded, and they all did their separate things. Uh, Jim um, was kind of in uh, uh, all these other bands too. He was uh, tour managing um, oh. and things of that of that nature, and ended up playing bass in this band, The Ghost Inside, um, which um, ended up playing um, in touring with this band, Rain Supreme. Rain Supreme at the time like um, cut ties with their drummer and needed a new one. Gotcha. And that ended up being me. Jim introduced me to, to Jay, um, who was the lead singer of Rain Supreme. <clears throat> and um, we had a small phone conversation while I was still living in Massachusetts about um, what kind of bands I listened to, how long have I been drumming, can I send him some videos of me playing, and um, it went well. Kind of like an audition tape sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was honestly like um, pretty loose. It was really cool. Um, and they were super welcoming. And I just joined the band and we started touring and doing some shit for like the first two years I lived in Philly. Were you, so at that time, were you living at home with mom and dad? Were you? I was living at home with mom, yeah. Were yeah, you yeah, making sure. money? Were you just kind of like in between gigs? Like? I was in between. I had just got, I literally like got the call like maybe a month after I got laid off from my oh. job. And yeah. what, what would, had you been laid off? What was the job? I was, uh, I was working two jobs at the time. I was working at Gap. Oh, man. Uh, which I love, man. Those, really? Those people were so nice. There's <laughs> some good people working at Gap, man. Uh, Shout out Gap one time. Hey, hey. It wasn't paying the bills, but I made some good friends out there, man. Those good people. Wow, good so fucking people. That, that's almost a sign. You get laid off and then it's like, here's yeah. an opportunity. You're like, dude, maybe this is meant to be. Because... Right. But that was, that was part-time. Gap was part-time. I got laid off from the Stone Quarry. That was my full-time gig uh, stone crow was wild man what is that who i was i was cutting rocks i was i was literally cutting rocks all day i was for picking real, up real. big ass rocks taking them and going <laughs> for like eight and a half hours a day damn 
I was looking good. Yo, oh, yo, yo, you were probably killing You want a job that'll give you a workout and <laughs> yo, put you in the yo. best shape of your life? You move some fucking rocks cut around some for like rocks. Yeah, it was cool. It was it was like the worst job ever. That was terrible. Um, it was cool. Like a lot of a lot of dudes that I, I um I worked with were like so chill. We yeah. just like cut hang rocks. out. We would like yeah like. Sometimes we didn't have a lot of business, which is why I got laid off. Like we would just be chilling. Oh, like, word. We'd have like little little gigs here and there. Um, some days, like during the winter, we would literally just be in like this small shack, huddled up together, <laughs> around this. Uh, that's the cat. Uh, around this like little heater. Just that's... waiting for the boss to like come out <laughs> and be like, "Yo, like we need like ten rocks to cut." Like, <laughs> that's nuts. Maybe like. <laughs> yeah, you got that. You're blowing out your hands and trying to get around. You think I'm joking? Yeah, no. Dude, I can see it. I can see half it. Half the time, half the time in the winter, we weren't even cutting rock. We were shoveling. We were shoveling. Randall, that sounds terrible, bro. Hey. <laughs> hey what? Damn, dude. Well, it's no wonder you want to go on tour and get the fuck out of there, bro. I, I was, I was depressed. Yeah. I was depressed. I was waking up at like four thirty, five o'clock in the oh morning my with God. with my bro. Tyler, who I was living with at the time too, who's the greatest dude in the world. Um, Actual bro or uh, bro? just really great friend. Just good friend, right? Yeah, just yeah. like a brother. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I was living with him um, and another friend of mine, Jeff. But Tyler and I were working together at the Stone Quarry, and we just like both hated it. Yeah, we both hated it so much. We were uh, we were just like driving separately. I'd listen to some like solid, like sad tunes. Yeah. Just, like, Sun hasn't even risen yet, and I'm just waiting for them to open up the gate. Those early mornings are rough, man. They're crazy, but you had to make a living, you know yeah. what I mean? And especially, especially in Massachusetts where I was, like blue collar, that was the shit. Yeah. You know, they you there weren't like a ton of office jobs around there. If you wanted that, you moved to Boston, maybe. I, you know what I mean? That's but, what I'm saying. A lot of times people think of Mass, they think of Boston, they think it's white collar office jobs, whatever. It is. But I mean, yeah, I, I mean, but I mean that's there. true. It's there, but leave Mass. I, you leave Boston. I, though. That's what I'm saying. Is there? You know, I went to BU for one year right. back in the day, and there were all these guys that would come in from all these other suburbs, little towns, whatever, and talking to them and realizing how much there was a big blue cop that blue collar population of you know just hardworking townsfolk you know what i'm saying that like it's not it's not just harvard and no. you know what i'm saying that, that when you think of boston you know it's leave a big, it's a lot leave philly yeah. where do you go exactly where do you go what's yeah. surrounded by philly yeah just nothing countryside country man. yeah some racist ass country <laughs> shit <laughs> a thousand percent right yeah, all racist -ass around pennsylvania yeah. and you know what they do they do a lot of blue collar That's shit Hella blue collar. It's the same thing in Massachusetts. You know what I mean? You leave the metropolitan like city area, and you got to get a real job. You got to got to cut some rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not talking about. <laughs> yo, there's or maybe we shouldn't even talk about it. yo yeah. heroin yo that's I was heroin in Massachusetts. I was watching this Vice thing the other day on some. It's like how Massachusetts, like that population of Massachusetts, is getting hit crazy hard Cape Cod right now. yeah with like literally was, like, like 20 minutes away from where I grew like, up that's nuts to me so um okay so you moved to Philly you're in the band um touring like crazy touring like crazy and then loving it and loving it and what ha how does that fade out what happens Whew. I mean it, the same way it did the last time but life just happens. life happens people get married people have full-time jobs uh I was surrounded by, uh, in that band, some of the um, most brilliant 
<laughs> uh, people I've like ever had the pleasure of sharing a van with. Uh. I mean, I'm not not to put down like other people because like yo, when I I, I mentioned Jim Jim yeah, Riley yeah. from the Ghost, like, smart ass dude. But so Smart what? Ass. What made them special? What made so this is Reign Supreme? Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay, so you. Were what made from, them special? Yeah. I could go on for days about what what made all of them special. I. How many? How many people? Uh, I mean, well, we we started as a five, uh, ended as a four okay. piece. Um, Jay it was such a personality. He was a lead singer. Mm. He could rock a crowd like crazy, but he was also a physical trainer. Who was like taking care of like pretty much everyone in the band, oh, you know, wow. like, as so, much as he could. You so know, he's still like staying in shape on the road and. He yeah when yeah when we first started touring I th- I think he was more so yeah because when it's um, hard you're on the road like well that's the thing he he like went back to school he was like um he, he got uh, he graduated from Penn. Um, oh damn! I don't even know. Maybe I don't even know what kind of degree he has now. I'm sure. It's better than just like your normal every day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he had his own thing going on. Um, he was he was just a busy man, uh, but also like loved the band. Was like um, definitely a huge contribution as to um, why uh, it was as popular as it was. Whether it was like the people he knew, the people he was contacting, or knew just from like being in the in the hardcore scene. Um, and his, his, um, business ethics were, uh, pretty incredible as well. Uh, and then you move on to, uh, <laughs> someone, someone like Dave Heck, who was just like this crazy motherfucker. There's always one of those guys yeah, in the band. Like, yeah. Love to like do some weird shit. <laughs> There's always one That's of those that dude that was always like trying to get fucking naked and like <laughs> yeah, run around yeah, like yeah. random city in fucking Europe, you know? <laughs> yeah. But he was he was um, he was the big jokester and he was like so much fun. But he was also so lovable, and we had some really great conversations. And then he turned to Mikey Dotto, who's like secretly the funniest motherfucker you will ever meet. <laughs> Why? Oh my god! Like he just comes up with the like craziest shit out of his mouth. But like he's so like laid back about it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and he's just so solid, so solid. Um, he was definitely, um, he was definitely like a shoulder. A lot of times, he was just good, good guy. Um, love that he's doing well. And then you had, um, and then you had uh, Clint Kanopka. What a name! Ain't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it um, it's attached to a man who is like equally as intelligent as he is, humorous <laughs> as he is, so many other things. Um, but he was teaching. Um, um, physics high school so he like at palumbo high like right up the street like killing it man like Damn. i'm telling you these people are these people are did some, not belong in hardcore bands these people didn't belong in hardcore bands and they and you know what they finally realized they were like what the f- yeah let's do other shit yeah, yeah, yeah i mean I'm, I'm not sure what kind of money you guys are making on the road but i mean is a guy with a pedigree physical trainer do making I mean they're those are decent paychecks. These are like, people who are just passionate about their music too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like besides all of that, like at the end of the day, we're all just trying to have some fun. Yeah. All just trying to see some new places. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we were doing some cool tours. We were going we uh in the time that I was there, I think we went to Europe twice. Oh um, damn, man. We had plans to go again, didn't happen though, you know, because we all disbanded. We we did a couple of uh 
a couple of U.S. things. You know what I mean? Like, where in Europe were they fucking with you? I mean, it was it was it was everywhere. You, you guys know what just I mean? hop, hop, go abroad and then just hop in the van and just go around different. We had we wow. had a booking agent that would hook it up, that's, and it was that's dope. Yeah, um, one of the one of the tours. You know, some, a lot of times what you do is like. Um, you book tours around festivals yeah. because that's where you make the most money. That's where you... People are looking to put you on <clears throat> anyways. They need, yeah. they need people to play. Reign Supreme, when I joined, already had a fan base. They had been uh, they had been a band since 2007. You know what I mean? I joined in like 2011. Oh, wow. So it had been like a hot minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like five years of like building a fan base of their own, um, getting people uh, to listen and... and um, Keeping a substantial amount of people around, especially overseas. We had a, a huge following overseas. That's sweet, because then you get to go to Europe and go travel, go see, you know, see everything. That's, it's yeah. an art, being able to build a fan base, you know what I mean? And it's, it's not easy. Um, yeah. And so, speaking of which, you know, fast-forwarding a little bit. Yep, yep. How, so, and what I'm also here to talk to you about, too, is talk to me a little bit about this new, the new music you've been putting out. I wasn't sure if this is... The first of many to come is this one that's just kind of a solo standalone track. What's kind of where are you at now with your music and and where you're headed with it? Yeah. Two years ago, I put out uh, an EP um, that you know I worked really hard on, and but it also it also showed uh, my strengths and weaknesses. And so the last two years, in fact. That is from that. That's, mm. It's funny. I keep that around. It's okay. You can use it. Okay. Well, there's, uh, there's a. Um, Don't feel bad. There's a little page here with a bunch of feedback on it, and I, I thought that was dope. I wanted to bring it up actually because I think that's huge is to get feed you know feedback to improve constantly improve, but it's hard. You gotta have people that are willing to be honest with you or even honest with yourself. But yeah, there you know I thought it was cool. You had a little pin it off pin off page to. I look at it all the time. Give yourself, give yourself notes. Um, and I don't look at it um, because I'm like angry that I look at it as like a reminder that you know there's always room to grow. Hell yeah! You know when I put that album out, I thought I was like, this is the best I can do right now, and that wasn't true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it just makes me want to work harder at my craft. And you know, come to two years later, I've uh, built um, what I, I I started I started reaching out. To a lot of people, I started getting more people involved in my music, or or just like my my thing that I was doing, you know. In the way of actually artistically mixing in the production and the vocals, or just sort of in the listening feedback vibe of it. The mixing, the mixing, and and the the like engineering side of things came from a, a want and need to control. <laughs> gotcha. Once again, yeah, um, I'm seeing a common theme here. Yeah, yeah. Control the. In fact, the first song on the, the old EP was called Control, but um, <laughs> it was um, it was to gain a perspective for what I needed to listen for and how to manipulate those things so that I could personally uh, vibe with it better. Yeah, and, and so and that uh, and not only me but other people. You know what I mean? Like they could hear it and go, "This sounds professional." And that was something I took a lot of time to learn. A lot of time to learn. Every day, every day something new. Whether it was, like I said, reaching out to other people, asking them what I could do differently, and listening and taking in um, taking in all of that information and, and 
using it productively. And, and so with this, with this, so with this new single, Bruise. Yep. Um, one thing I found interesting about it was your use of vocal effects, mm-hmm. which I really dig, and I've kind of been brainstorming myself, even um, sort of going in that direction of highly processed vocals, not in the sense of like a Travis Scott, you know, super auto tuned, but just getting creative. There's one guy, Francis in the Lights, who I love, and he has a way with, he can really play with his vocals so that it almost becomes just another instrument mm-hmm. in the track. And I, so that was something I thought was really cool. And then in your track, the part when you're shouting and stuff, that I was like, oh, that's dope. How you kind of, you manipulate them so that it's... It sounds like there's like 10 other Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, it so, yeah, it sounds almost like there's a chorus or something. I, I can tell you've been fucking around with the... With, you know, your mixing and stuff that I think is, it's a unique sound. And I, I want to play with it too. Cause the, I feel yeah. like it's kind of uncharted territory yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, the, the best part about being able to do all these things on my own is being able to, um, have the time and creative license to fuck with shit. Yeah. Fuck, fuck with shit. Oh, shit. like, Oh, like, you know, like you jump into a studio with someone, like you're paying for the time, exactly. you're paying for the space. I didn't want to do that. I was just like, same, I, bro. I, I, I do. I do want to do that, but um, I think for now, like, I need to take it into my own hands. I need to find my own sound, and I think that was something that I really, really, really felt passionate about, and and I just wanted to put in the effort. Yeah, you know, and that's what it is, man. Uh, talking to these young kids too, I always tell them that because I don't think people realize that it's all under. Like you said, under your control, it's within your control, but it just takes effort and it takes time. And you really, I mean, the information's out there. Like there are dudes on YouTube, no matter like what it is you want to do, if you want to get this hi-hat sound, you just got to put the effort in. You got to want it and really, you know, go after it because you don't just wake up one day and are a great engineer. Yeah. You know, and it makes me respect good engineers too. It does. A hell of a lot more. So like, you just realize how much goes into this shit. I never, I don't. You know, as, as as much as I feel like I've um, grown um, as far as, like, my music is concerned, there is never, ever going to be a time where I'm not looking for more information. I, I do you have to stay hungry. No, yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, like, there's always going to be something to learn. Right now, I'm just, like, working out of my own house. What happens one day when I, you know, want to mic a full drum set in a right. full band or, like, a full orchestra? I want to know how to navigate those problems and solve them yeah. uh, in, in the most professional um, and profound way. And not only to do that, but to um, also find a way to um, uh, to kind of man- manipulate those sounds um, to make it my own. Yeah. You know, the more the more you know how to do everything um, from the, like the most standard perspective the more you can delve into your own territory and feel comfortable doing it. That's how, you know, I I don't, I don't say like, um, I I, I don't think, I I actually mentioned this to someone the other day that if someone tells you that you should write a song by going A, B, C, D, E, they're wrong. Like they're wrong. What do you mean by that? By like, you know, like building like the obvious like construct of like, you know, first you get a hook, and then yeah, you yeah, hook, exactly. And then you get the yeah. Take this and put it there because right. that's what that book's supposed told you to, to do. be, right? 
wrong. That's what's popping right now on the radio. Yeah, so. wrong. Yeah, wrong. Do your own thing. Like you have, you have to. You have, you have to try something new. You have, you have to look outside the box. Yeah. Constantly. Um, Otherwise, you're already a step behind. Always. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're only going to be like trying to chase the next best thing constantly, and until, until you. Uh, give up yeah until you give up or until you figure out that you need to just be the next thing the next thing and that the, I, I, you know it's easier said than done because I'm in the <clears> same boat it's just kind of experimenting a lot and partially this podcast too talking to you um, and just sort of getting a pulse on what's going on is like there's so there's so much so many especially when I talk to young folks that just want they want to be the next thing, but it's just a kind of a watered down version of what's already popping mm. rather than like artists like chance that I really appreciate that come out and just sound uniquely them. Yeah. You know, 100%. but it's really hard to sort of, you know, say fuck all that and just take that gamble to just sound like you. Because right now me, myself included, I'm not even quite sure what that sound is. So it takes that experimentation to kind of, you kind of even almost have to create yourself into it. You have to be in confident way. in yourself. Yeah. You have to um, not only be confident in yourself, but be confident in what you're creating. Yeah. You know? Like, laugh. You know? Like, have fun. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I'm, like, back here, like, fucking with sounds, and <laughs> it's just funny to me. Like, yeah. Like, the fact that, like, I've taken this thing and just, like, kind of just... Like you know, it's hard not to make like a trap beat. You know, like sometimes I just gotta write a trap song. No, I I mean, you listen to like a like a future song or like you listen to like uh, a trap. You know what I mean? Like whatever. It's good. It sounds. It's so much fun. Yeah, Yeah, it's 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 a you know it's a vibe and it feels good. Yeah. It's, it's something that like you know as much as I love that that's theirs yeah and I love taking that and and then twisting the knobs exactly you know I think you can start with that you get the inspiration you get the idea make it like you feel inspiration make it but then how can you make it your own yeah. you know and and say okay I'm gonna bad mood randle the shit out of this yeah yeah and, and make it into something that may have some trap influence might have some jazz might have some hardcore whatever. But then really kind of finding a way so it's like, oh, if I someday write in Bad Mood Randall type beats in YouTube, mm -hmm. there's a vibe right. of that, you know? And so one thing even with this new song, what sort of inspired I, – I was picking up the vibes of it being a love song of some sort of – Definitely a love song. Of some – I wasn't sure if it was, um, you know, love that was lost or um, in, inspired by uh, – you know, multiple relationships or one singular one, but um, talk to me a little bit about sort of where the idea for this this new new vibe came from. Um, it was mostly just feeling like the imperfections of something that felt like it was so perfect in a relationship, you know? And then those imperfections, like kind of like um, taking the lead over everything else, and looking at them and being like, aren't these okay? Like, yeah. You know, like, isn't it okay to be in this place? So, like, um, in, in a new relationship to um, to be able to um, 
see those faults and, and those and have those arguments and still get through it yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you know, will you still say you love me? Which is like the main, the I guess, chorus. Yeah. A theme. I <clears throat> but I, I thought it was dope how you court sort of switched it up. It seems almost inaudible at some parts and then other parts you're yelling at the top of your lungs, you yeah. know, which is, I like that sort of experimenting with that of, um, dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, um, a lot of, a lot of what I was just doing was just feeling it. Uh, I mean, it was, it was more of, it was more of like a moment when I was like writing it and when I was recording it, cause I recorded everything in my house and, um, I was just, I, I wrote it and recorded it almost like at the same time. And just, I was feeling, I was just feeling a really specific way and it just felt good. And, um, you know, and then I added my spin to it afterwards. <laughs> but did, did you make the beat first, or write I did actually. The beat wasn't even supposed to be for me. I wrote it for a friend of mine. Oh, okay, uh, I like I, the beat, man. Those hi hats. Yeah, yeah. Just gonna drive in, yeah, driving hi hats. I thought that was tight. Yeah, there's definitely. I definitely, definitely put a little groove on there, which felt really good and felt really natural. But yeah. The beat kind of came to me just like one day randomly, you know, I was just like fucking with the sound on my computer and it sounded good. And is that sort of the main synth sound that you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. That like kind of, um, it's like a pad almost. It's like an electronic piano. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like kind of has this like wavy vibrato sort of thing. Yeah, going definitely on. heavy, heavy panning going on. Um, but it was, it was, uh, it was fun to make and, uh, I had sent it to my friend, uh, and then we just never did it. And then You're I like, wrote, I wrote, taking it. I had, yeah. Then I like wrote, like written this poem and, um, felt like it needed something that had fit that. And I was just, I took it. I was just like, oh, ah. I'm going to take this. That's an interesting process. Cause so do you wrote the poem separately without the beat on? Yeah. Dude, that's fat. I have such a hard time writing outside of the instrumental and then pairing it. I'm so often I'll hear the beat and I'll say, "Oh, this is says this to me." I but the, what's interesting is I write much better lyrics without the music sometimes. Like I'll write much more intimate poems because I don't feel constricted to the beat. Yeah. But for some reason I have a hard time like bringing it in. Translating yeah, tra- it exactly, translating it to music. A thousand percent. It it can be difficult. Um, I think, I think for me with that song, it definitely clicked. I think for some songs, it do, it doesn't. Yeah. And I definitely do write to the beat or to the music, you know, like, and I vibe with it. I'll turn the drums off. I'll just like, oh, that's a good idea. Kind of like um, find like a different rhythm. Um, I'll just kind of like blurt out different words and like see if I can come up with like a theme. Uh, there's a lot of ways I can go that. Everyone can go about writing. Yeah. This one in particular, I was just like really going through it. And man, sometimes like the emotions lead more than more than whatever you can do like objectively as, as an artist or a musician, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of what I meant earlier, like when we were talking about, you know, writing A, B, C, D, like... Like that's not how the world works. Like that's not how you're. That's not how like reality is. And yeah. That's not how emotions are. And um, you know the reality is is you know 
you can be like really happy one moment and then like all of a sudden you get a terrible phone call right you know? and that's not a to b that's just like a to c yeah to z. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. all know, over like, the fucking place man it's it can be human. yeah for sure uh, at least that's how i've always experienced it so yeah. i mean i'm it's really just about taking my experiences and 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 jotting them down and then and then creating um, and so running with that, is this part of an upcoming project or is this, um, what sort of the, the, what can, you know, what can we expect next as far as definitely releases? more music, more music. Cool. Um, I have been waiting for this moment. <laughs> this, is, this is the Eminem headphones on. I got one moment. Yeah. Okay, cool. So this is, this is the start of something big. This is definitely, cool. um, this is the start of me releasing music, um, Frequent, frequently. Dope. Um, I have a plan for once to twice a month. Cool. Um, and then I have a plan for a project. Is it with shows? With shows. With shows in between. I, I want to. I would definitely. I've been <clears throat> booking my own shows. So like, I I put on a show last Saturday with a few friends of mine who we had always been in talks about doing a show together. So it was just a. It was it was just the perfect perfect storm uh where i had music coming out they had product coming out they um i wanted to put on shows yeah. they wanted to they wanted to self-promote so did i so just a good mix and good time. where where'd you do it <clears throat> we did it at elixir um, oh cool which i work at yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a nice because you, you might not know you might be listening <laughs> if you need if you need you know some good some of that good come by elixir man i'll get hey. up um definitely a good spot but what's great about it is is um it's an open space for um uh for a lot of like art you know we've always done like the the mural arts program at elixir um which is run by um ryan greenberg who is also a talented photographer um among other things and um and the shop is owned by evan and atome who is uh, so incredibly selfless with this space and allows for artists to come in and paint on his walls or like play some music or uh, show their fashion or their um, their their own like physical art whatever that might may be and um, there's a few of us now who are um, kind of pushing that more and kind of like are trying to bring more events to elixir uh, for the near future and yeah we're just working it man it's it's been it's been great so far i think we've really upped our game i think and i think that's it's a great way to connect with folks too you know through the live Dude, shows and yeah people there and it just shows that you you really mean it it you know what i mean what we really what we really mean to do is make a community yeah it is uh, or to not make a community you know what but I mean? It, I the community mean, is there, right? And Bring it's it beautiful. together, though. But to yeah, but to like keep it going, to 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 add to it in a in a really really positive way, and um, I I really think that's what's so great about Elixir and what we provide is um, is a space for that. And 100%. I think in Philly, more than I felt in other cities, is that it's a it's often there. There's sort of this undertone of people want to be. be because it's a small enough city that you can feel involved and feel like you have a voice, but it can be hard to find the spaces or the, the connectors, the people that actually 
put themselves out there and to make those because obviously there are tons of events going on all the time, so on and so forth. But it can be difficult to sort of unify those into into specific spaces. One hundred percent. You know, so um, dope, man. Well, hey, before I get you out of here, a couple last things. Mm-hmm. Um, one, what's been in your ear recently? What you've been what you've been Ooh. listening to, sort of hip hop or non hip hop? What's kind of on your radar? Fair enough. Moses Sumney. Oh, school me. I I don't even know. Okay. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> he's he's uh he's just a really really talented artist. I I'm kind of new to him as well, honestly. Okay. But I can't I can't put it down. It's just so good. Um, is he Philly dude? Is he? Is I don't know. No no, no. 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 I don't know where he's from. How'd you find How'd you find out about him? Um. <sighs> Correct me if I'm wrong. I saw him with James Blake. Oh, cool. James Blake is dope. Yeah. That was probably about a year ago. And was he an opener? Yeah. It's interesting, man. I've been thinking about that too. If you're fire enough as an opener, you can totally win those fans. You just gotta you just gotta be able to do I remember watching I went to a G Easy show back when I was in New York. Damn. And it was this is what, 20, <laughs> 20, 20, 20, 13 or something. My girlfriend loved G Easy. She's yep. like, Key, let's go G Easy show. I was like, all right. So we go to G show. And young dude opens up for him, crushes it. I'm probably going to tell the story like a thousand times on this podcast by the time it's over. But um, I was like, yo, that dude's crazy. It was Tory Lanez. Whoa. And he was no name. He had like 30,000 followers or something. Yeah. But I could just tell from watching him. And G's performance, you know, he did his thing. But I was like, young dude, he was just once in a blue, you watch an opener and you're like, that that person's dope. I gotta know who they are. You know, yeah. and you could tell he was just electric in his performance and the way he just handled himself. It was like, rarely do I see an opener like that. I'm like, yo, that that dude, he's doing it. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's cool that he kind of won you over. What, what did he do that was... Nothing, really. It was just, just you're like, yo, just good music. It was very beautiful. Um, that's dope. Could tell he was um, just a talented guitar player. Um... Yeah, there was. There's something about um, there's something about his lyrics that are um, just like, uh, like you said, like really like electric. But like, I don't know. It's just really. It's it's really beautiful. It's just like um, really like ethereal and like just wavy and. Just really, really nice. <laughs> Yo, it sounds kind of like James Blake. I'd kind of put in the kind of a similar. I can see why I opened for him. James Blake, I feel like it's kind of a similar. Sorry if the chair's messing. No, no, so good. Similar vibe, you know. Very vulnerable, emotional. Yeah, vulnerable is a great way to put it. Um, which is definitely something I can appreciate on yeah. all, all levels. Um, Moses Sumney is really good. I love that dude right now. Um, and then I would say um, Leon Vinehall. Um, I need to get up on some of these names, man. I, I was expecting it was to be like Lil Pump, XXX Tentacion. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just... Uh, I hate. <laughs> I hate. I hate that dude. I don't know much about. I don't know much about Lil Pump. I don't think you need to know much. About I know. Lil I Pump. know. I know. So so who's the, who's this other dude that you that you, that you listen to? <laughs> Far from that. <laughs> Far from that. But let me let me just say Can't let me just say right away, like I, I, yeah. <laughs> XXX Tentacion 
uh, is, if you're listening to is this. Not, never, will never be ever be in my um, in my playlist or oh, in my really? ears. Really? Never ever ever should, ever. We should ever, get ever, in. Ever. Is it because of his his personal decisions outside of the music? One hundred percent. I agree. It's um, hard for me to separate music from personal life like that with with these guys. It it's um, it's kind of like you know how like you decide to you you make a decision and you say hey you know what like i ate yeah like say you decide you want to be a vegan right? yeah i ate meat in the past <laughs> right 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 like i did it. it it happened um i could even say that i enjoyed it yeah um i did too but i'm gonna make a conscious decision to uh to stay away from it the best i can um and i'm not a vegan but uh if um but he is he is he is my meat 100% and like uh, among like other artists that are coming out these days that have these like really um terrible evil like backgrounds and personalities there's just something really bad about that and it i think supporting artists um like that just um kind of perpetuates that lifestyle What's interesting about that is out of the new music in the hip-hop kind of sphere, I do see there being, and, and you're someone who... An influx and really I'm, terrible people. Of terrible people. Also of hardcore music, kind of like that That sort of, he's got that sort of a vibe of it's like the new punk kind of hardcore Scene that I'm, I mean, I'm sure these hardcore artists for you growing up mm-hmm. probably weren't, you know, squeaky clean either. So, how do you, how do you, ba- you know, balance that sort of element? Think back of yourself in your teen years, looking up, you know, idolizing these, you know, people that meat, yeah, vegan, vegan, meat, vegan, yeah, yeah. I just, um. Yeah, if I was a if I was a teenager and I was listening to those people, uh, whether like completely unaware, yeah, um, then so be it. But right. it's really hard. It's different at this point in your life. Is the minute saying. I find out yeah. that you assaulted or raped or beat up um, your pregnant girlfriend it's or you're the random person who just like wanted to spend time with you, whether they were like. Interested at first and then not interested. Yeah. Said no and then you still went through with it. Uh, fuck you. Yeah, I don't. I don't fuck with you. Right. I'm not playing. I'm not spinning your records. Yeah. I'm not listening to it. I yeah. don't care. Like, it's there's plenty of other artists out there um, that are complete assholes that have uh, never raped a woman. Right. Why wouldn't I just listen to them? Yeah. Um. I just play Chances record. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. You know. I'll listen to, you know, Leon. I'll, I'll listen to Moses. Yeah. I'll listen to James. Uh, There's so much good music out there. I'll right? listen to Frank, man. Yo. Oh, hey. Frank, bro. That, that's some next level shit. You fuck with Sampha? Yes. I do like Sampha. I don't, I do, I can't sit here and uh, go through his discography with you, no, even though it's very short. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's he's like, crazy. He's story. crazy. He's he's like an anomaly, man. I mean, he came out. He, he this is like his first debut record. Yeah. He came out with like a what a year and a half, two um, almost two years ago now, maybe. This is maybe a year ago. Uh, but let's say a year ago. And before that, he was just um playing on other people's records. Yeah. 
he's on that Drake joint, he's on Subtract, he's just doing things yeah. really, but like, you knew about him, but you just didn't know. You were waiting for him. Yeah. You were waiting. You were waiting for this record, and he, and he provided us with something that was special and beautiful and emotional um, and interesting. Yeah. You know? Interesting. It was so good. It's so good. He's one, he's the same, I feel the same way. It's not like I could name off a bunch of the songs that I love, but I'm not, when I hear it or when I see it and I know, I know of him, I'm like, that dude's dope. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess if I had, oh yeah, Leon, Leon Vinehall, Blush, um, he is, um, he's an electronic producer, writer who, I think this album came out a while ago, honestly, maybe like 2013, mm. um. I just found out about him like maybe seven or eight months ago. Me and Chloe were just like hopping around. She was like, have you ever heard this before? I was like, no. This is so good. <laughs> it's tight. And now I can't put it down. Yeah. It's just really, really, really amazing. It's cool how that kind of works, you know? So I'm going to pitch it here. So yeah. last, last but not least, I've got a couple rapid fire questions for you. Um, these don't have to do with the podcast or music or anything. But if you had to be, let's say if you had to give a TED Talk. Okay. On something that was outside of music. So wow. You, so you could be an expert in anything in the world, but it had to be kind of outside of what your bread and butter is. What would it be? Um, damn. I know it's a bit of a, cur- <laughs> I know it's a, bit of a curveball. It is, just because like, this is like all it's, I, I know, <laughs> I know, same here, but I was like, oh man, like, is there something else to be like, if you say you had the time... You know, you Benjamin Button this shit, mm. and you could and we could say, "Yo, Randall, you know, you have infinite years." What's something else? It'd be like if I didn't love the music so much, and I could jump into something else and learn about it, or maybe in another life, what what else is sort of piques your interest? Um. Damn, coffee probably. No pressure. Oh, that's not a bad, not a bad move. Maybe coffee, you know. Um, if I had to do like maybe like a like beginner's course kind of coffee thing, I think I could do it now. That's cool. I think I've learned a lot, and I think, but with anything, I'm still learning. I'm, yeah. There's so many other good baristas out there. <laughs> We're killing it. Yeah. Oh God, they're so good. But uh, I mean, whatever. You know. Um, I guess coffee is it's a cool it's a cool little hobby of mine. Yeah. That I really liked. If not coffee, maybe like, um, I don't know. Uh, nah, I don't know. I don't know. No, that's that's when you outside go, of music. That's what are you, you know, crazy? You're a real musician. That's what I'm saying. Are you crazy? You're born to be an entertainer. When you go, fuck it. I mean, there's no, there's no other thing. It's just, it's just that. Well. I maybe like think out how to think outside the box <laughs> i seem like, to be doing that like a lot lately with with people consultant or something like maybe that. yeah yeah maybe it didn't have maybe it doesn't have to do with music exactly but i feel like honestly like i could i could do a ted talk on how to inspire people to be better you know what's interesting <laughs> is there's a this rapper open mic eagle who i've been listening to podcasts he's been on he just dropped a new album um and he's like making a bunch of money right now in Hollywood, just like coming up with ideas for like, you know, I'm not even talking and stuff. Like I'm not even talking about coming up with ideas. I'm talking about telling people that they should be coming up with ideas. Oh, oh, like looking gosh. looking at you and being like, I see potential for you to do this thing. Why oh, aren't you doing it? Word. And then like, I just I love lifting people up. Yeah, like yeah. you know what I mean. Like, I love telling people 
like how great they are. I see so much potential in like literally every person I run into. Like they tell me they're they're really inspired by something, and I'm like, oh wow, really? Like tell me more. And then they tell me, and I they have abundance of information, and then we go serve tables. And I'm like, yeah. Why are why are you here? Yeah, like, yeah. No, 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 no. Don't be here. Like go over there. <laughs> like you're really great. But it's hard, I think, sometimes for us to see outside of ourselves to separate that yes. i have the same problem yeah. but i love helping other people do that i would love to just do that on a daily basis like lift people up and make them feel better about themselves dude yeah let, yo, let's do it i feel every like day very doable um <clears throat> if you had to give like maybe if you had to gift maybe like a couple books they don't have to be all-time favorites but kind of books that you feel like you got a lot out of what would they be um Mixing Secrets for the Small Studio. Mm. I forget what the name of the artist is. I'm sure there's a gajillion books like yeah, that, but, but that one is specifically this book <clears throat> um, taught me a lot, and um, I sought it out. It was um, recommended to me by a friend, Will Max, who is um, also, was all, I don't know, I haven't talked to him in a while, but he he also like produces tracks and, and and writes music. He's a really really funny amazing guy. Another book um, I would probably say um, what the fuck is the book called? <laughs> that you know it's really had an influence on you. It, no, I yeah, swear. It, no. <laughs> I can't I can't believe I can't think of the name. I might even have to like Google it. Um, but. Oh my god! <laughs> while you're thinking blanking. about it, while you're blanking. thinking about it, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, one time I was one time I was um, going to DJ a party, and I came up to a friend who also DJs parties more frequently, way more frequently than I do. <laughs> In fact, he's a professional DJ. I asked him, hey, what's the best advice you could give me <laughs> moving forward? Like, you know, what can you show me? Like, what can you do? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks at the board, he's like, you just have fun with this. And I was like, he's like, don't forget, yeah, just don't forget to have fun, man. I was like, whoa. <laughs> And he's just like, that was it. That was like it. Yeah. He had nothing else to tell me. He like, he kind of like was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure he could have given me some like, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Chairs. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he could have given me like other advice or like, like oh, like, yeah, you know, mix, mix this right, way or some whatever. Technical shit. Honestly, like at the end of the day, like if he did give me that advice instead of something instead of that uh, instead of the advice that he gave me, like I can't even imagine like what that could have possibly done for me. Yeah. If I'm sitting there sweating and stressing behind the boards. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Like, what's the point? You know exactly. what I mean? Especially like, if it, you're not having fun. Really, it actually was frustrating at first and then I realized like, how much I need to remember to just have fun with what I'm doing. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially with creating, man. Like, oh my God. Like, how many times have I like just sat down so seriously and was like, oh, I have to finish this thing. Right. It's so important and all this other shit. And then I just like, just had fun with it instead and something better came out. You can't, it's this type of shit you can't force it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, I realize those are the records are the best when they almost write themselves and it's, the harder you try to write it, the, the worse it comes out. Yeah. So, Mr. Randall, before I, before I let you go, um, where can the people find you if you haven't mm-hmm. heard about them? If you don't know, now you know. Bad Mood Randall, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, what's next for you? Let, let the people know. Instagram, at Bad Mood Randall. BadmoodRandall at gmail.com for any contact and info uh, for booking. Um, you can also find me on SoundCloud.com slash BadmoodRandall. That's good branding right Let there. me tell you something. You want to you wanna find me? Throw my name in a Google search, <laughs> and it's the first thing that comes up. That's how, that's, we got it unlocked. Right? <laughs> um, R-A-N-D-A-L-L for all those who are uh, wondering how to spell it. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's it, bro. You know I mean, I also like, I'm sorry. No, um, I want to shout out my friend, uh, Laz at Blue Boy Laz. We also came out with a song called Red Honey. You can find it everywhere, streaming everywhere iTunes, Tidal, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, all of it, um, SoundCloud as well. Um, and it's also um, on my SoundCloud too. But amazing rapper, artist. We're also coming out with some new fresh shit uh, in November, uh, as well as look out for a new song by me as well. We're making moves, my man. Mm-hmm. Major moves. Yo, Mr. Randall, I appreciate it. I can't remember the name of that book. It's killing me. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, we'll, we'll remember it. I'll, it's I'll put so it in the good in the, minute, <laughs> in the minute I say it. it uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. Yo, Maybe you can add it in hold, the comments or thought. something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put it at the front of the beginning. Thanks again, guys, for listening. I'm on radio over and out.